150 years ago in 1859 during the Carrington event, we were at about, you know, 98, 99% strength in the field. In fact, they noticed that was the year things really started to change in terms of the magnetic field weakening and the magnetic poles shifting their position. It was the year of the Carrington event when that actually happened. Are we just one solar blast away from not only losing our way of life, our electrified way of life, but seeing the tipping point for the magnetic reversal of the planet? I happen to think so. I happen to think that's exactly how it goes down. The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Where most of the elite and their minions are pushing climate change and a multi-trillion dollar global tax, should we listen and comply? What if instead of global warming, it is global cooling, a new ice age? Could this be the real killer? If our governments knew of an impending extinction-level event, would they tell us? Could the derecho storm currently affected the Midwest disrupt our food supply? Did you know the Arecibo radio telescope went dark on August the 10th after a snap cable shredded the dish? Are we in the dark now when it comes to incoming celestial objects? This and much more tonight on Veritas. You are listening to Veritas. If this is your first time, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, join the Veritas family and click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. We are now accepting Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for Focused Life Force Energy, MMS, CBD Pure Hemp Oil, Divinia Water, Pure Organic Sulfur, Flash Drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas Seasons, and other great products. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And if you're listening on YouTube, like, subscribe, and share it. And click the bell to be notified when new interviews are available. And now, here's your host, Mel Hostelrick. And to tell us more, tonight's special guest is Ben Davidson, known to many from uh, of you from his YouTube channel, Suspicious Observers. Ben is founder of the Mobile Observatory Project, creator of the Suspicious Observers YouTube channel, providing daily solar and space weather updates since 2011, with almost half a million subscribers. Runs spaceweathernews.com, the creator of the Disaster Prediction app. And as many of you have told me, Ben Davidson is most likely more knowledgeable than many of the most highly trained in the study of climatology and the study of solar radiance. He has many websites, and I have them all linked at veritasradio.com. Ben Davidson joins us from the new Valley of the Sun. Hello, Ben, and welcome back to Veritas. How are you? Doing very well. Happy to be back. Ben, for the past few months, it's become almost the norm to ask my guests how the censorship is affecting them. This censorship is now out of control, and you are not an exception. Tell us of your experience with the tech tyranny first. Well, for a long time, the YouTube channel uh, doesn't quite get 
the same level of boosting that certain other kinds of videos get. Uh, in fact, there's uh, throttling of views. There's uh, failure to notify the subscribers that new videos have been posted. Uh, failure to deliver those videos into what they call their, you know, the the feed on YouTube that shows them all the new stuff. Uh, that's been going on for quite a long time. About uh, two weeks ago, there was uh, an issue where all of a sudden I realized my posts on Facebook aren't getting any sort of engagement whatsoever. And, you know, usually uh, usually there's, you know, a few hundred people engaging with every single post I make. And I realized that this had been going on for a couple of days. And so I started asking around if anybody could could see my posts. And, you know, no, nobody could see anything I was posting. In fact, there were I checked the messages portion, which I normally can't check because there's, you know, literally dozens of messages that come in every single day. And I have to either pick email or, or you know, Facebook messages. And I, I generally pick email. But, you know, even they were starting to say, hey, where'd you go? What happened to you? What's going on? And it turns out they had blocked everyone except me and my wife from seeing my posts. And so they were letting her see because the, it, and you know it's the kind of thing where it's like literally they were just getting me and my wife the ability to see this almost in like the most devilishly sneaky way of trying to hide this like oh yeah well he's going to figure it out eventually but hey if we if we trick his wife too maybe it'll be a few more days before they figure it out kind of thing you know i mean it's not the kind of thing we'd never figure out but it just it really kind of was frustrating and i know that my wife um she was not really in disbelief of all the censorship things that i was describing to her and that she was reading um but she was sort of surprised and shocked to have it be so so close to it and for those who don't know my wife Catherine, is the ceo of space weather news so um you know, she's she's tied into all this stuff, too, very much aware of all the things that people are going through. Uh, luckily, when we figured it out, I mentioned it in my morning show. Uh, I told people, hey, maybe you guys want to help me complain to Facebook. Uh, literally within about nine hours, everything was fine and every single one of my posts was visible again. Um, not quite the same luck on YouTube. I'm getting record numbers of people suggesting that um, – they have been unsubscribed from my channel and they yeah. don't know why that they have subscribed and what's called clicked the notification bell and yet they don't get notified when new videos come out they'll sit there and all of a sudden four or five days later one of my videos will pop up in their feed and they'll realize hey wait a minute why wasn't that shown to me three or four days ago and what the heck happened to everything between the last three or four days why haven't i been shown that and so essentially <clears throat> it's the kind of thing where a lot of people will end up uh meeting resistance to their wanting to watch the video every day which is a a, a crazy ridiculous thing that's happening in 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 today's world shadow bad shadow bad this is the the worst type of censorship one, one thing is for them to demonetize you or shut you down but they're doing it, as you said, in a very sneaky way. They do it so that you lose subscribers and you don't know why. You do it 
by they just throttle you, throttle the number of subscribers, throttle the number of views. And that way people perceive you as being, I'm not saying lower quality, but you know how some people are. Oh, if this video doesn't have 100,000 views, I'm not going to watch it. So they're doing what, that with a lot of people. And it's getting so tiresome that every week I have to ask the same question. The question is, what's the end game? Where, where is this going if it continues unimpeded? Right. Uh, I, I wish I had an answer for that. I don't think it's anywhere pretty. Just so, if I had to guess. The tech tyranny. This is going to be the new government. But let's let's just begin. I mean, I just wanted to have the first five minutes to to allow you to tell us what's going on with all the censorship, which is happening everywhere. You put a lot of material, Ben, a lot of material almost on a daily basis. What what keeps you going? Uh, I don't know. I'd like to say the sun. Uh, I'd like to say inertia. Uh, I really do love what I'm doing. Um at this point with three children, some kind of work is necessary every day. So um, if I have to do something, I would probably choose to do this other than anything else. Uh, I know this is something I've I've been better at than I've been at most other things. And uh, it feels like it's the right thing I should be doing right now. This is one of those situations, you know, sometimes, sometimes you want, uh, you know, all of the all-stars at your back. And the other time you want to go play for the underdog. Uh, this is a situation where if you've got your head screwed on straight, you'll take the odds and put on the underdog's jersey here. I think that's it's not hard to keep mostly going. what most of us want to do. Just rule for the underdog. That's, it just feels much better. So this interview, Ben, is being recorded on August the 19th. I want to mention this because according to some news sources, that are stating that a weak solar flare measure B1.2 at its peak erupted on August the 16th, producing a coronal mass ejection, CME, and the consensus model results suggest an arriving glancing blow on August the 20th, meaning tomorrow. NOAA and NOAA models of the CME suggest that a glancing blow is likely. Storm levels could reach category G1, and you'll explain what that is. This would be the day after we're recording this, and I want to... Leave it for the record. So do you expect any tangible results from this CME to affect Earth? No, not in particular. I am curious which report you were looking at there. I have a few. I have a few. I mean, there's NASA, there's science, there's a bunch of others. I don't have the links, but I can send it to you later. Yeah, interesting. Um, you know, I don't think there's much chance of, of anything major happening. Um, if something happens with a little... With a little blip like this, then uh, the global grids are not going to survive the next sunspot cycle, put it that way. Um, this is the kind of thing where, you know, half a decade ago, we were taking 100, 1,000 times bigger than this, no problem. And um, it was when we, we'd get the ones that are maybe 10,000 times bigger that we, we, we would see the actual, um, you know, they're pulling airplanes out of the sky. They're rerouting polar flights. They're doing shed loads and major power grids because there's more current than they put in it. Um, we, we probably have to be about five to 10,000 times bigger than what's coming right now before we start to get concerned. How prepared is our power grid in the United States and other countries to sustain even this small one or a bigger one? 
Well, you know, this small one again is nothing. We, uh, this is the kind of thing we probably saw a hundred thousand tiny little things like this over the last decade and a half. And in the next decade, we're going to see about a hundred thousand more. This is really, um, everyone's sort of losing their minds over this because it's the first thing the sun has tossed our way in the new solar cycle. But it really is um, nothing to be concerned about at all. Um, I will definitely be letting folks know when we're in trouble when the sun does something. Um, but maybe, you know, some low-level auroras, you know, some nice northern lights, it's certainly possible. Um, to be honest, what's following that will be what's called a coronal hole stream. Uh, it's a part of the sun that instead of putting out a burst, it just steadily puts out stronger and stronger solar wind streams. And um, one of those is going, you know, basically going to be following that CME, that coronal mass ejection. And I would say that actually has a better chance of being something major than uh, than the actual CME does. Is there a correlation between, say, solar minimum and CMEs and solar maximums and the CME intensity-wise? Um, really, the only difference is how many of them there are. Solar maximum and minimum is based on how many sunspots there are. When there are sunspots and there are um, you know, when they're active on the surface of the sun, chances are they're putting out some kind of CMEs. And so just really the only difference is how many of them there are. Um, in general, because there's, uh, you know, 50 to 80 times more in the five to six years of sunspot maximum than in sunspot minimum, yes, in general, the CMEs there happen to be the biggest, uh, simply because that's where literally almost all of them are. You know, we had um, maybe in the last two or three years of sunspot minimum, you know, maybe 10 tiny, tiny little CMEs from filament snaps and what they call stealth CME activity. Um, we could see that over the span of a day and a half, you know, in two years from now when sunspot maximum is really rocking and rolling. Uh, what I've really been telling folks is, uh, look, uh, listen, when I say that this is not only a tiny, tiny CME, but it's not even a direct impact. It's going to be a glancing blow, kind of like somebody brushes by your shoulders kind of thing. Oh, and they're not running at full speed. You're you're both just kind of casually walking. Nobody's getting knocked over. You know, you you, you might know that you got brushed by, uh, over on the shoulder with somebody, but it's not even hard enough for you to turn your head with a cockeyed look like, excuse you. You know, it, it's not even going to be like that. <laughs> And um, what I've been telling folks is if something like this is starting to get get your nerves itching, I recommend a number of breathing exercises because when the sun really kicks in for sunspot maximum, these people are going to have a heart attack. Um, it's going to get a lot scarier, and uh, we haven't seen anything from the sun yet. She's yawning, stretching, just waking up. How long before it wakes up, in your opinion? At this rate, we'll probably have um, – We'll probably begin to see some some stronger eruptions towards the end of the year or maybe early next year. And they'll probably, <clears throat> you know, slowly build up to a maximum uh, over the next year and a half to two years after that. Uh, and then sort of descend for about two years after that. And then we'll be going back into the minimum. So every 11 years, same cycle. Does the poles shifting, correct? The, pole, the solar poles. Yeah, the, the sun's poles shifting. 
Okay. So before I ask you the following question, I want to say that I don't believe in man-made climate change, although we should do what we can to help the environment. I just don't want to assist the elite in imposing a multi-trillion dollar tax to allegedly mitigate this. Just want to just put that disclaimer. Now, according to scientists, Greenland's melting ice sheet has passed at the point of no return. In fact, glaciers on the island have shrunk so much that even if global warming were to stop today, the ice sheet would continue shrinking. A new study suggests, Ben, just like we have weather on Earth, there's space weather, how much would sea level rise if the Greenland ice sheet melted? And what is causing this event in Greenland and the repercussions if it continues? Uh, well, um, it's really not certain how much sea level rise. They throw a lot of numbers out there. Uh, I know last year... I went to uh, – I took a little trip over to the place where I used to go to a beach with my grandparents. And uh, things are still in the water at the same place that they were last time. Water still hits the same part of the dock. Yep. Um, you know, I believe that maybe high tides get rougher. When there's a storm, the storm surges might get a little rougher and things like that uh, in general. As far as I've been alive, and from what my grandparents describe in their 50 years of going to this place, there's been no sea level rise. Um, it's basically been how how volatile is it? You know, yes, high tide is a little higher. Like, you know, low tide might be a little lower. Uh, it's other things like that. Now, in terms of Greenland specifically, um, Greenland's an interesting character. There's parts of the mainland that on the hottest day of summer aren't going to break freezing never going to happen in fact on the mainland greenland is actually gaining snow and ice weight uh, it's just that around the coastal regions especially where uh, some of the ocean currents are really helping to do so um, the sea ice and the glaciers that have tongues that have pushed out onto you know coastal regions and onto the sea those are melting at a fairly significant rate and that's probably unlikely to stop there's probably geothermal issues as well just like uh, it was 2015 i believe when the university of texas was among a number of universities that discovered hey that one area of antarctica that's melting faster than all the others there's a giant volcano erupting under the ice right there um we could have something uh, to that effect, probably not a giant volcano erupting, but some sort of geothermal um, you know, assistance as well. Some of the changes to the Gulf Stream have stopped all of the you – know, it, it has stopped all of the push that normally went up towards Europe. Some of the little tangential currents are going and um, you know, hitting Greenland as well, even on the western side of it. Um, there's a number of things that are contributing to it. And, you know, the interesting thing is what people need to remember is we're so lucky right now that we've got the ice locked at the polar region of this planet. Because when the ice is locked at the polar region of this planet, we tend to get nice, temperate, interglacial warmth here at the mid and low latitudes. And when you start to disrupt the systems, Earth has a number of ways of correcting itself. In fact, we are getting to the point where um, in history, Earth tends to throw itself into ice ages when things get as they are now. Uh, and it's not just because um, 
you know, of what some people have heard called orbital variability with Milankovitch cycles. Yes, there does appear to be a, you know, a cycle of ice ages of about a hundred thousand years. And, um, it does look like we are about due, but it's also because. Thank you for listening to unlock the full two hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more. Subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.